Welcome back to Bible study. Welcome back to John Campbell, Derek Walker, bless you. Thank you. And welcome back to Philippians chapter 3, which starts with a finally. But actually, we've got uh, two more chapters to go, so um, don't go out and put the kettle on because we've started. And I'm going to read, and Derek is going to pray. I'll read from verse 1 of chapter 3 through to, I think, what did I say, to the end of chapter, uh, verse 11. Okay, here we go. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirits, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gain to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Thanks, Derek. Yes, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come around your word. Lord, we thank you that it's all about a love relationship with you. We just pray that as we see Paul's heart and Paul's attitude, that you will give us that same heart for you, that same love for you. Lord, open our eyes that we'd see how much you love us. And please bring your word alive to us. Wonderful Holy Spirit, reveal your truth to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <coughs> okay, so we, we start with a finally, and I've sort of half mentioned that already, but uh, can we, in this sort of um, you know, age of equality, can we explain um, my brethren or my brothers? Is, is Paul not interested at all in the sisters? Um, not interested in what? In the sisters. Oh, I you know, because he's saying my brethren. It's very common, isn't yes. it, it, it yes. in the scriptures, in Paul's writings, talking yes. about brethren? Yes, brothers um, encompasses brothers and sisters, yeah. no doubt about it. Like yeah. mankind. Like mankind, yes. Exactly. yes. Like chairman. Yes. And I've known many lady chairmen, actually. Sons of God. Yes, you know, exactly. Um, includes yeah. men and women. Yeah. 
Because you can get too hung up on that. And, uh, you know, obviously people are now trying to change the whole Bible to make it gender neutral. Yes. But um, we shouldn't be too hung up. But it doesn't mean Paul is, you know, a misogynist and he, you know, no, hates no. women no. at all, does it? No, no, no. Yes, we, you can get silly about these things. Yeah. Um, mm. It's clear that he means every, all the brothers and sisters, yeah, but it would be pedantic to have to... Every time. You know, do that every time. Spread it out and... Yeah. And, and, I mean, we can go further and, and say that, you know, we talk about God the Father. We, we, you know, those who try and modernise it and say, oh, no, the, the motherhood of God. Well, the, the thing is, God created us in his male and female in his image he's completely familiar with um male and female yes he created both. I mean, both maleness and femaleness are aspects that are ultimately derived from god yeah of course but he has revealed himself as father and so mm. it's not for us to to mess with god's word yeah, he right. has re revealed himself in those terms and it's yeah. for us to submit to that mm. we understand it's a it's an analogy. He, mm. he always speaks to us through our own human experience. And these are analogies that best describe yeah. the relationship. So he's chosen to reveal himself to us as father. And it's not for us to yeah. mess with but that. It, but just a, a drilling a bit more, it, it, it isn't a case of, oh, it, it's part of the, the culture, you know, the yeah. ancient culture, which was misogynistic and say so patriarchal, that, you know, God is our father. Our Father who art in heaven, um, uh, to take that away yeah. or to dumb it down for the sake of, you know, language would would be yes. Um, and and you'd have to away. ask yourself why are you doing that? Yeah. Do you believe that these scriptures are inspired, or do you just believe they're a work yeah. of man? Well, if you believe they're a work of man, you can do what you like with them. Yeah. But if you believe they're inspired, how would you dare change them? Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. So uh, for me, the, the Bible is not in any way discriminatory. It's, no. it, it, it's the, you know, just the very fact that right there at the beginning, yes. it's male and female. In he the created them in the image yes. of God. He yes. created them. Yes. So they are presented as equal. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Great. Oh, that helps. And he wasn't being that, deceptive yeah. either by no, saying no. finally. You know, because okay, we, yes, we joke please. that preachers do that. But that phrase can also simply mean he is introducing a new section yep. to his talk. It do, doesn't necessarily mean this is the last thing I've got to say. Yep, it, exactly. it can mean simply, okay, I'm moving on to a new subject right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you, and then he, he sort of, he seems to be aware of his audience, you know, and you know, they might be thinking, you know, or feeling for Paul that he's having to write all of this. And then he sort of says, it's no trouble. It's not tedious for me to be writing. You know, he, he, there is this um, humanity in Paul. Yes, very he's much. Not, he's not just a, um, you know, a professor, as it were, of theology. Well, he's, he, particularly he says, um, it's the same thing, you see, yeah. because you can think, I know what it's like as a teacher. I always want to teach new material. Yeah. I don't want to repeat because yeah. I think people then get bored. But uh, actually, it's good teaching to, be, to repeat, exactly. to summarize, to repeat, because we never get it the first time. We, That's right. All of us, I think, need to yeah. hear it a few times. Mm. 
And so Paul is saying, look, I'm, I know I've said this to you before kind yeah. of thing, but I'm quite happy to say it again because I know it's safe, you know, mm. it's because you may not quite have got it the first time yeah. around. Mm. And uh, I love it when people say to me, oh, I listened to, I heard the sermon Sunday, but I listened to it again. Uh, yeah, that's good. Once or twice. That's good. Yeah. Because I don't, I can't get it all first time, yeah. you know, yeah. and that is very wise. You know, we, we do not, it's, so it's, he's really talking about, it's not wrong for me to repeat myself, particularly mm. on the important issues. Mm. Um, mm. We need that somehow. Yeah. We, we don't get it all at once. Yeah. Um, but can I just bring, yeah, bring us back to this? I know he yeah. says rejoice in the exactly. Lord. And, that we can, yeah. and he says that throughout. And That's right. It's just yesterday when I was just praying in the garden. I suddenly, I don't know, it took on a new life because he's, he, this is actually talking about the heart of the issue is our personal relationship with the Lord. You know, what does, yeah. it, what does it mean to rejoice in the Lord, to delight oneself in the Lord? I think I'd focused before on the rejoice part rather than in the Lord. Mm. But what it's really talking about is a love relationship with the Lord. Mm. But make the main thing your yeah. personal love relationship with the Lord yeah. because joy is a function of love. Joy is the joy. I see it like this. If they, you've got an electrical circuit, all right, love is what flows around that circuit and that will turn a light bulb on which is like joy. Yeah. So joy comes out of love. Yeah. So as we, as we love the Lord, we actually rejoice in the Lord. You know, when the Bible says, delight yourself in the wife of That's your right. youth, yeah. it's really saying, love her, mm. and then you will experience the joy of your mm. communion. Mm. And so he's really bringing them back to the fact that, and, and I believe in this chapter, yeah. chapter two, he's been saying, described how Christ has pursued us in his love. Yeah. And now he's saying, now we need to reciprocate. We need to That's give nice. our hearts That's to nice. him. We need to re rejoice in him and delight in him and enjoy that relationship. Because he does say, doesn't he, him. in verse, um, in chapter two, <laughs> verses, uh, verse, it's the end of, of verse 17 and in verse 18, rejoice. And you know, in the context of actually tough times. Yeah. But he, and then it's as it were, he punctuates it again with yes. finally rejoice. So that is an end in itself almost. I mean, it's, it's, that's what the finally is connected to, isn't it? The thing about rejoicing as well is you, you can't do it without looking at the Lord and yeah. focusing on him, that's him. And, and his love for you. And, yeah. and you rejoice in that. And yeah. in doing that, this is your personal relationship. Yeah. The best thing you can do in the morning mm. is just. Start praising God. I, Put on I some agree. music. Just I agree. praise God. And rejoice in God. It's and that's that out of everything in the else yeah. kind of flows out of that. Uh, Psalms are a good place to start. There's that yes. lovely psalm. You know, it's good to praise the Lord and yes. you know, make music to your name, O Most High, to declare your love in the morning. Yeah. Your faithfulness. The Psalms are a great place mm. because they do all the work for you. And yet you're <laughs> praying the word of God back to Him. Yeah. And, and they're very easy to personalize. Yeah. So it, they're, they're a wonderful source, and you can mm. know you're praying aright mm. if you pray the Psalms. Mm. Great. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we could, we could stop there. I, I, I do find that they're, they're, they're with a lot of Paul's writings, it, it does flow. One verse goes on to another. It's, 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 this kind of inspiration flows. So, so he says, rejoice in the Lord, and then he says it's no trouble. <laughs> Yeah. for me to write you know it's it, I, I see a, always a connection that, that even from 
the, the previous chapter. So he's just given the example of Epaphrodites and Timothy, and then he says, finally, rejoice. It's, it, it's quite a tough sort of little few verses about Epaphrodites. Yeah. And then he says, mm. rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Don't be downhearted. And, be and distracted. It connects as well because he's about to deal with the, what he says is enemies of the gospel, mm. and in particular, legalism. Yeah. Right? And legalism will kill your joy. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. Because it's not about relationship; it's about your performance, and yeah, exactly. you know, and and it's it's got it's not that personal relationship, mm. and so the joy comes in your personal loving and being loved by the Lord. Mm. And as soon as you reduce the Christian life to legalism, yeah. um, there is no joy in that. It's just a burden. So do you, do, you, do you think that when, when he's saying it's, it's not tedious for me to write the same things to you again, is he talking about what he's just written or what he's about to write? Well, I think he's... he's well, we don't know what else he's written to them at other yeah. times. Yes, you know? sure. So there's, there's, there's that open question. But I think it, it, we've touched on it. It's, it, it's the, the repetition of the same themes. Yeah. I was just thinking while you talk about rejoice, where at the end of 1 <coughs> Thessalonians 5, it says, rejoice always, yes. pray without ceasing, mm. and in everything give thanks to the yeah. Lord, for this is the will of God mm. in Christ mm. Jesus for you. Yeah. So rejoicing is the will of God, yeah. um, which is very exciting, really. And yeah, it can be tough, but you know, we have these aids, we have iPods and iPads yeah. and podcasts and yeah. everything else. You know, we can, th there's no excuse. Everybody can get hold of some good music. You can very easily get hold of some pretty rotten music yeah. as well. Yeah. But so it can be quite hard to find some decent Christian music. But th it's out there. And, and as, uh, as Derek said, put it on and start praising the Lord. And it's amazing how you do, when you do, how the burdens lift. That's right. They just, totally, you feel the weight totally. coming off you. Yeah. It's absolutely wonderful. And you feel so blessed. Yes. Um, you know, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that's within me. Bless, bless his holy name. Eh? I mean, that's an end in itself, in one sense. And rejoice in the Lord. There's, you almost don't need to say, because he's done this, because he's no. done that. But then in Psalm 103, it, it does basically it say, does well, say, because he's done he, this. He forgives all your sins, all he heals all your diseases, yeah. you know, he, he, he rescues your life. There's a lot of reasons to. Yes rejoice yes. but actually the the highest one is because of the lord and who he is that's right and the fact that we have a relationship with him yeah, yeah. it's a wonderful reason to yes. to be positive about life yes it does wind me up i do it may be my nature so i have to be sensitive to those who are a different temperament but i i i, I it does wind me up when people are continually you know as it were you know downbeat about yes. you know everything about life and about prosperity because there's just so much to be thankful for so uh, much. Uh, uh, just I mean, every day every the, the day. basics uh, you know food water the air um, you breathe air you breathe yeah. the fact you've got sight and taste and touch correct it's so much yes, to be thankful exactly for. Yeah. 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 so yeah but he says finally and this is mm. rejoice and then he moves into this chapter remember Sorry. a couple of weeks ago i gave an overview of what was going on in here, the fourfold presentation of Christ um, and how 
that impacts the believer. And here we're, we're moving into this chapter now yeah. about knowing him and knowing him intimately. Yeah. And so we need to really listen to what Paul yeah. is, is saying. I mean, so far we've had um, Christ our life and, and the mind of Christ or the attitude of Christ in us. And I think of that verse in Acts, you know, in him we live and move and have yes. our being. Yeah. Now that couldn't be clearer, yes. could it? There's no other That's way right. that we as born again believers can live and move except in Christ. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. Uh, he, he is our all in all. Yeah. Um, by the way, just coming back again to this verse where it says about writing the same things again and again, mm. it could be that he's referring to rejoice in the Lord. Ah, yes, it could because um, he repeats it. He, he, he keeps repeating it all the time. So he says he it's not tedious for me to say rejoice mm. in the Lord no. because that rejoicing in the Lord is a safeguard yes. for you. I think and that I is think, the safeguard. I think you've hit it there, Tim. Yeah. I think that's it. That is yeah. what he's saying here. Um, that's the safeguard. Yeah. He's rejoice. saying it all the time and we would be safeguarded from all of the sort of introversion and yes. you know, worries and everything else if we just rejoiced in the Lord. Yes. Mm. And so I'm sorry to go over and over no, no, this point good. on it's verse good. one. No. But um, it, it, the I reason think, I'm saying it's because yeah. Paul said that. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. He's setting the main theme that, yeah. okay, he's going to address legalism. Mm. But what's really on his heart, that we will all have a vital yeah. love relationship with the Lord. Mm. And the reason why legalism is such a danger, though it presents itself as very righteous and, yeah. and good, is, is that it... it it, it shifts our attention away from the Lord mm. to ourselves and yeah, our yeah. own performance. Mm. Yeah. I, and again, not to contradict what you said, yeah, sure. um, but there is a sense that he did kind of address, I think that's correct, and possibly this is also correct, mm. that um, in chapter 1, verse 27, mm. he says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, mm -hmm. so that when I come and see you or are absent, I may hear of your affairs that... You stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, mm. which is what he's doing in the first part of Philippians, mm. you know, the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Mm. And, and part of the enemies of the gospel, um, certainly in Paul's thinking, are the, are the, the Jewish legalists, yeah. Who, yeah. who would claim to be, you know, messianic believers. Mm. But nevertheless, they, they, they are still trying to push for life by the law yeah. rather than by grace. Yeah. And um, so again, he's, he is reinforcing the fact, yes, we, we must defend the gospel. Yeah. And he's absolutely scathing. The next verse, mm. you know, he, he describes <laughs> them in, in yes, such in terms. What terms, yes. Um, watch out uh, for those dogs I have in my version. It's a bit ironic, yeah. though, because, yeah. um, of course, they would call the Gentiles dogs. Yes. You know, we mustn't think of our own kind of cute pets yeah. that we all love. Yeah. The, you know, generally, they, these would be the wild dogs that roam the streets that were mm. unclean, that yeah. you know, would be dangerous even, mm. and um, scavengers. And uh, Gentiles were compared to these, un yeah, I know. these yeah. uh, unclean dogs. But he's turning it around and saying, actually, although you think you're the righteous, you're actually unclean. Mm. You know? mm. You're spiritually uncircumcised. You're, you're unclean. Yeah. And, and he's really, I, dare I say it, quite like <laughs> yeah. not pulling his punches at all. Yeah. And he uses the term <laughs> mutilators of the flesh, which, yes. you know, that 
the, the, uh, circumcision to an extent is that, but there's something... It's a similar word, but it's but, different. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, it, but it, it is different because it is... That's exactly what they're doing. They're not doing it out of covenant to God. No. They're doing it out of control or, as you say, legalism. Yes. In the flesh, which is another term we have to talk about and what, what it means. But, but mutilators... Um, so he's yeah. really saying it has no spiritual value, what they're yes. doing. They are yeah. not, they're out of step with God. Yeah. Although they think they're doing God's work, mm. they're actually um, out of step with God because they're trying to circumcise the, the Gentiles, yeah. uh, and that's not what God mm. yeah. requires. And it's saying vehemently they're doing, it's evil. Exactly. Yes. That's a really strong term. You know, if you say that today, people will say, well, you're inciting hatred. That's right. To use the term evil or Satan or things like that. You're, you're you know, hate-filled and, and the like. But, it, but that's a very strong term for their behavior. In other words, it's coming from the devil, if it's yeah. evil. And, and in Galatians, which we might do... Uh, correct, yes. You know, you'll, you never see Paul quite as upset as he is in no, Galatians, no. and it's against the legalism. Yeah, that's Because right. it destroys people's relationship with God, mm. and that's why it's evil. Mm. Mm. It might look morally, you know, yeah. um, good, but uh, human good is, as a, is, an, is, the, be is the worst... Op opposition yeah. Yeah. To, to real yeah. good, uh, because it's a counterfeit. So again, in, in terms of him teaching the same thing again and again, he's mentioning it here, he mentions it in Galatians, he does a long couple of chapters in Romans on, on it, that basically you can't be made righteous. The gospel is not being made righteous by legalism. That's right. You can't do it, and you know, he goes through it in great detail in Romans, gives the best example of you know, the most observant Jewish people, and they can't do it. All have turned away. They've together become foolish. Their mouths are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their feet are swift to shed blood. It's, it's sort of it, um, just that very fact of trying to, in the flesh, be righteous through yeah. observance of the law. It's e he's saying it's evil. Yeah. Because it's against the gospel. Yeah. Because to be saved, you have to trust in Christ alone mm. as your foundation, mm. as that which holds you up. He is your righteousness. And if you are misled into trusting in something else... It's an evil thing because it leads to it's hell. evil because at its root, it's unbelief. Yeah. Yes, yeah. at its root. It's Christ is not sufficient. That's right. Therefore, yeah. I have to trust in myself, yes. some church, or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Um, get thee behind me, Satan. Yes. No, Lord, you can't go to the cross. Get thee behind me, Satan. You know, it seems really harsh language for mm. someone just sort of tweaking in the wrong direction. But, but the, the, it's, it is severe when you're talking about someone's eternal destiny, you do not want to slip into a sort of loose gospel. No. It's, it's, it's actually a very precarious thing to do for their life, their eternal salvation. So yeah. Paul takes it, he's not, he, not light touch, is he, in terms yeah. of... The cross doesn't wrong. just demonstrate God's love for us. It's also God's verdict against our flesh and yeah. our ability to please God yeah. in yeah. our own yeah. righteousness. Yeah. Because if we could, 
Jesus wouldn't have been sent yeah. to die that horrible death on the mm. cross if we could possibly save ourselves by our own law-keeping and righteousness. Mm. So it would render the cross of no, no account. Exactly. And therefore, it's, it's against the cross. It's, it's directly mm. evil because it opposes the actual work of God in your heart. Yes. It presents a counterfeit. That's right. That can be made to look attractive, but it's evil because it draws you away from trusting in Christ alone. Yeah. Wow. Trusting in Christ alone. So, so serious. It, it's such it? a hard lesson for, for most people to learn. We've all grown up learning to be dependent or independent, and, and yeah, learn to be independent, really, you know, mm. following our own, our own thoughts and plans, and the gospel is completely contrary to that. So Paul has to wake, wake us up. He has to wake reality. up, and, and he always uses strong language yep. when he's doing yep. that. I mean, dogs, <laughs> evildoers, mutilators. Yeah, he could have sugar-coated it, and then you actually, the impact of that verse, we would have, we, we would have glided over it yeah. quite quickly, wouldn't we? Yes. Yeah. He, he's saying, um, talks about dogs and evildoers. And yeah. Because when something is evil, you, you have to resist evil. Yeah. Because if they kind of thought, oh, well, these are, these are nice guys, you know, they mean well, and you don't resist evil, mm. then you, you, will, you will get compromised mm. by that evil. So I think he's not being mean in the sense of, you know, just being personal and speaking out of his upset flesh. By the but, way, when actually he's, yeah. he's, he's wanting them to understand the true nature yeah. Yeah. of these false teachers. Yeah. When we talk about <coughs> evil, Isaiah 5 comes to mind. Woe to those who call evil good. Yeah. And good evil, it says, he put darkness for light, light for darkness. You know, um, woe, woe to so many in today's world. Absolutely. Who don't actually call it out for what it is, no. even in the church. No. Who, again, sugarcoat it and, and tolerate sin, you know, or yeah. even say that it's a good thing. Yes. You know, and and that um, what the Bible says about the, the need for forgiveness and, and redemption, no, that's a very oppressive, you know, they call that evil. They call the gospel evil. They that's do. the world we're living in. Yeah. Woe to those who call evil good. And um, I, I, I just see it. And it actually does make me a bit downhearted. I, you know, just constantly, relentlessly misrepresenting the truth about man and his sin and God and his holiness. It's hard work you know, in this modern pagan world that we're living in to see it everything inverted. Everything. And yet people swallow it. So therefore, you have to be shaken out of it somehow. Even if someone's going to uh, portray you as a misogynist, hate-filled, you know, phobe of one form or another. You just have to say, well, we, we have to be faithful to the gospel that's been delivered to us with all humility. Um, this is what the Bible says. Um, take me out of the picture. Just listen to this message. Whatever you think of me personally, just, just listen to the words of the scriptures and let them speak to you. And, um, and we can do none other, as, as Martin Luther said. We've, we've got to stand on what the, the truth is in God's word. Mm. It's also a special problem, and it's like Luther and the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, there's some things that are more obviously evil, yeah. although, as you say, even the world 
yeah. like question uh, that now. But um, but when you're dealing with religious error, yeah. it it's dressed up with the words of God, yeah. you know, and. Um, that's the problem with legalism. It's made to look righteous. It's made to look godly. Mm. Mm. And that's why Paul really has to call it out in a strong way because, yeah. you know, those who are not, dis, you know, able to discern so clearly, it will look good to them. Mm. It's presented with the words of Scripture and it's presented in godly ways and you must mm. keep these laws and all of this kind of thing. And so it is necessary to confront it mm. head on. And the Lord Jesus was the most scathing, really, of the religious yeah, he was. The leaders, the hypocrites. You know, boy, was he scathing about the whitewashed sepulchres, you brood of vipers. I mean, it's almost worse than what Paul is saying you know, about them being dogs. You know, he is, um, it, it's, yes, the Lord, the Lord was very compassionate, actually, to those who had sinned you know, and, and were aware of their sin. You know, and forgive me, you know, I'm a sinner t uh, compared to those who were self-righteous. And he was being compassionate on them. Yes. But the, he knew that the only way to get through to them, or mm. to some of them at least, yeah. was to burst their bubble. Yeah. You know, because yeah. religion makes you self-righteous. Mm. And that's the worst possible thing that could happen mm. to you, that you become self-righteous. Mm. And they're the hardest to reach. Yeah. And he, it was out of his love that he was strong with them. Mm because he has to break through a very strong kind of... But it seems as though, going, I know we're not in the Gospels now, but it seemed as though it just was like a ratchet going one way. So the Lord was answering their questions with answers, you know, you know when they were trying to trick him. And he, of course, he was compassionate towards them, but they seemed to be increasingly hardened until we got to the actual, you know, mm. crucifixion. It was, when he, it was this you know, hatred for him. to you Pharisees and all that. Yeah. He was still trying to reach them <clears throat> with this, um, yeah. to, to bring them to a realization yeah. that they are, that they, yeah. they, that they were wrong. And there you are, Paul's a Pharisee, yeah. and the Lord reached out yeah. to Paul, and he did turn turn him around. Yeah, that's that's the context. Before Paul goes into verse um, uh, three, Do, should we cover that? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. are the circumcision. It's talking it, it, about the Jewish people. No, we are the circumcision. We are the circumcision Sorry. who worship yep. God in the spirit. Okay, got it. Yeah. This yep. is the difference. Yeah. Exactly. He's defining the circumcision, circumcision of the heart. Those by the who, who worship God in the spirit. Yeah, exactly. Which is huge when you think yep. about it. Yep. Uh, worshiping in the spirit as opposed to worshiping in the flesh. Yep. That's yep. what he's saying. Yeah, exactly. And what does that mean? What does that mean? How, how do we translate that into modern worship? I mean, I listen, I don't listen, but it's often on in the background to a particular Christian radio station whose name, of course, I won't mention. Yeah. And you, you'd think it was Radio One. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't hear the words, partly because my hearing is not quite as good as it used to be, but because I can't hear the words. I don't know what they're talking or singing about. It's just a pity. It's, it's just sad. awful. Yeah, it's sad and there's nothing about the music which is worshipful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that you, stops you and makes you think, it's or it's self-centered. Totally, that's not worship. It's not worship. Sort of self-preoccupied. It's not worship. Mm. So it's not in the spirit, uh, which is this is talking about. Yeah. We worship. In fact, the words. I think there's an alternative. But the, what's it say here? For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. And but there's numerous things here. They worship God in the spirit. They rejoice in Jesus Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. So you can't yeah. separate yeah. those three things. They're all 
um, conditions mm. of the circumcised heart. Yeah. Well, you know, lots of Christians who might do one of those or two of them, but lots of them don't do all three. And I'm not, I, I say this to wake them up. I'm not saying it to condemn them or, or be self-righteous about it. The, we need to understand this because you, you can say, gosh, I'm like that. Now, what do I need to do? Well, just pray to the Lord. He wants your eyes to be opened. He wants you to understand this. And there are blockages in your life or blockages in your understanding. He'll address them for you. But you need to know what the problem is first, and then you can take it to him. So, worshipping God in the spirit, worshipping God in the beauty of holiness, worshipping God, it's almost as if it's saying, in fact, it is saying that he will direct your worship. Let's think about this. If he is your life, and he is your attitude, and in this chapter we're talking about knowing him, yeah. he will direct your worship. Mm. And I think often, and I'm guilty myself, that we try to worship God to catch his attention, to, to, to make him look down on you favorably and think, here's a nice worshipful child. That's rubbish. Or we're doing it <laughs> because, it, you know, we know there are other people in oh, the church and, 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 and so we can sing better than them. Yeah, and, all, these, know, that's not all these influences. Yeah, yeah. But um, exactly. it's, it's much deeper than that and it's really saying, relax in the Lord, mm. submit to him and let him take you to worship that you've probably never experienced in your life. Uh, uh, the, the, when I, I got it completely wrong, of course, because I often do, because I quickly um, look at it. But um, it, it, at the end of Romans 2, it says, a man is not a Jew who is only one outwardly, yeah. there is circumcision merely outward and physical. A man is a Jew who is one inwardly, circumcision of the heart, by the spirit and not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. Um, so that um, mistake I made, you know, is, is clearly, you know, as it were, refuted by Paul's words in, in Romans, that actually, you know, we, we are the circumcision, but we're not Jews. A, a man is, is not a Jew who is only a one who's outwardly circumcised. It's, it has to be something deeper. And, and it is inter, intermixed with this worship of yes. God. Yes. And also the praise of God. That, that, that's, that's the other twist, which isn't here. But often if you read all of Paul's writings, yeah, it will shine a light on it one way, then on another way. So, right. so this one is obviously um, worship by the Spirit of God, worship of God. But there, there, there's this wonderful scripture in, in Romans 2 where it says that such a man's praise. God, God is actually praising us. Yes, for being we, circumcised we, we are living heart. for the praise of God. Yes. We are living to glorify yeah. God. Yeah. And, and so our hearts been, and obviously these legalists are insisting that all these Gentile believers yeah. must get circumcised in order to become Jews, as it were, yeah. uh, in order to be fully blessed by God, at yeah. uh, the very least. Yeah. Um, and, and Paul's saying, no, you've already, been, you've already had the, the, because the physical circumcision was just an outward sign, really, of, of the real circumcision, which is, Mm. A spiritual circumcision, mm. the cutting away of the flesh. Mm. And so as God cuts us away from the... I, I see it as what ha it happens fundamentally at the new birth, that the power of the flesh is cut away yeah. and your spirit is born again and it's no longer under the power yeah. of, of the sin nature in the flesh. Your spirit now is free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, mm -hmm. and uh, that's a spiritual operation God has done in us. 
and uh, it, it represents our dedication to God. Mm -hmm. And in a way, the more, and so we don't have confidence in the flesh. Yeah. That's the big phrase for me. No That's confidence it. That's in it. the flesh. So we get on to that. I just want to drill again on this, because um, Paul says we should repeat things. Um, that, um, uh, the way I read that verse in Romans 2 is, is that not so much it's, it's our praise of God, it's actually God praising, commending us. And there is, in a relationship, it's two ways. So if you're in a relationship, God will actually say, well done. Good and faithful. Right, faith. It's not all yeah. us no. being sort of, um, what's the word, obsequious, yeah. you know, to God. There is somehow, there's, there's that uh, resonance where he actually, we're, we're, we're looking for his praise, um, as it were, not the praise of men, but, but also he does actually... Give a, he does, doesn't yeah, he? Give yeah, us a pat yeah. on the back every now and again. But it's not for us to be puffed up with pride. But it's just building that relationship with him, but that's looking for his praise. Our dedication to God yeah. is that we are set apart from God. We're spiritually circumcised. Mm. We rejoice in the Lord and we are looking for his praise. So that's it. even if man does not praise us, Correct. ultimately that doesn't matter yeah. because what matters is yeah. we're doing his will and we're living for his praise, for his reward. That's him. Yes, well done. Yeah, exactly. You're a good and faithful servant. Yeah. His but master that, finds him doing his business when he returns. Yeah. That's a spiritually circumcised heart. Yeah. That, that we, yes, exactly. That's our primary motivation. Yeah. Now, obviously, we all have to grow in that. Mm. But that's the fundamental yeah. thing. Mm. If we're born again, that's been... And it may never be seen by men. By men, you know, or women. <laughs> um, sisters and brothers. Uh, you know, the praise of God to us, that... that that's something that resonates in our spirit, in our soul, that feeds yes. us that this, this and all uh, sorts relationship of that we have. It can make him. you praise God. I mean, yeah. we tend to think of a sort of church setting or a, a semi-religious setting when you're at home and you put some praise music on or whatever. But all sorts of things, I find, can make you praise God. Mm. You know, when you, you're, you're driving and suddenly you go over the brow of a hill and there's this glorious valley or Absolutely. something below and it just takes your breath away. Yes. Or, or you know, the, when the cherry blossom is out mm. in May and you come across it and you think, oh, yes, God, exactly. Exactly. The heavens is declaring the glory. They're praising God as yes. well. Well, I, interesting enough, I, I remember a number of years ago when I was presenting Five Alive on yeah. television, I was driving up uh, and just south of Guildford, there was an avenue of, of, of cherry blossom, which was absolutely at its zenith. It was superb. And it took, that took my breath away. I said, oh, Lord, this is absolutely wonderful. I just cried out to him. Yeah. And he said, it's just a glimpse of my glory. It was just lovely. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. So in the part one of what he's dealing with in this chapter is, our, is the foundation, or our salvation, you know. 1 Corinthians 3.11, there is no other foundation which can be laid other than Christ Jesus himself. Mm. He is our foundation. Mm. And um, he is our foundation for eternal life. And, uh, and, and that's how we're saved, by trusting in Christ alone as our foundation. We don't stand on our own flesh. We have no, if you're saved, in theory at least, you understand you have no confidence in your flesh. Now, we have to learn it in reality. But certainly as far as our salvation, we realize we can contribute nothing. Mm. Um, we have no confidence in the flesh. But we have to learn that principle still applies to our everyday life. Mm. 
we, we are trusting in him as our life. And so we must have no confidence in the flesh. And the danger of legalism is it gets you back in the flesh. Mm. It gets you back focused on yourself and, and putting confidence in yourself. Mm. Mm. And um, that cuts you off from the grace of Christ. So yeah. the, we have no confidence in the flesh. I think that is such a big statement. Mm. A huge statement. It is. It is. And, it, it is. and it's a, it is a hard lesson to yeah. learn. Because Paul tells us elsewhere that the, the flesh wars against the spirit. I mean, it's at war. This is no minor word. There's a, there's a real battle going on. And of course, it's also in the flesh that, that, that sin resides. You know, where Paul says, it is not you that sins, but sin in you. So where is it? It's in the flesh, obviously. And so it's, it, it, the, your flesh, which is alive, even though it's been crucified, I yeah. find this hard to yeah. understand. I do find it hard to understand. But you, you, your flesh, which is alive, is constantly trying to undermine your spiritual walk. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. And, and unless one understands that, I mean, if we go back to this threefold definition of, yeah. of, 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 um, of being circumcised, you know, mm. worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. You know, I think you talked about earlier, Tim, I can't remember if it was on air or off air, how, you know, there's some people, well, any pastor will know that there's some people in their church who are very high maintenance. They're up with their arms up in the air, worshipping God, but after the service, they come and tell you all their woes. (laughs) And and you think, you haven't got it. Mm, They they haven't got it. You you should be out rejoicing, and that will deal with your heavy heart. It's the only way, and I, it, it's so simple. I mean, where the Lord says in, in, in Isaiah, you know, um, I have the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, in various translations. Mm. But that thing that's weighing you down, there's only one answer. He's given you a very simple formula. Start praising God. And I know from experience, I, a little story, I was, I, I've told this a number of times, I, forgive me if I'm boring people, but I was living for a while uh, north of Inverness, and we had a lot of business problems. It was a very difficult time. And I was carrying most of these burdens myself. And I remember I jumped in my car one day and was driving towards Inverness. It was a beautiful day, cloudless sky, and, and the, the wonderful scenery, you know, which was on my doorstep. And I just started praising God. And as I, pra- in the car, I just praised him. And I felt claws released from my shoulders. And all that burden went. You know, we don't have to carry it. We don't have to carry it. He, he will do it for us mm. if you just do it his way. Yeah. That's it. We're talking about obedience, weren't we, before? Yeah. Yeah. And how obedience is part of the Christian walk. And if you don't obey his word, then expect the woes of the world to come upon you because the flesh will make sure that happens. Yeah. It'll, it'll cause you to be miserable. It'll war against the spirit. That has a complete authority to do so because you're in disobedience. Yeah. But do it the Lord's way. And it's a different matter altogether. Um, I, 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 I often think of chapter 7 and chapter 8 of mm. Romans because it talks about the, the flesh and the spirit, as it yeah. were. And in the New International, it says the sinful nature, sometimes yeah. instead of saying the flesh. That sort Same of puts, thing, it, yeah. puts it into a, a focus. Yeah. But it, you know. a, there is a sin nature that we've inherited from Adam yeah. that is, operates from our flesh, even in the members of our yeah. body. 
Sometimes and, uh, you think of flesh as something quite neutral. You know, it's just you know, it's no well, evil it's or good. I mean, our body. But sin, is, when you, as soon as you say the sinful nature, yeah. it's quite clear. Our body is created by God. Yeah. But because of the fall, there is a sin nature in our body. That's right. Now, and it will, as Romans 7 says, it uses the law as a base of operation. Yeah. yeah. So first, the first problem with legalism is if you trust in yourself and in your law keeping to get saved, well, you yeah. can't get yeah. saved. Yeah. You're excluded. But even as a Christian, as a believer, if you become um, a law keeper in the, in the sense that you think the Christian life is about keeping a list of rules and regulations, the sin nature uses the law against you yeah. as a base of operation. Yeah, very good. And that, that actually activates your sin nature. Yeah. And, and it's like quicksand. And the, mm. the, the harder you try to keep all these rules, yeah. you sink. The, the more you, <laughs> you sink. You sink. Yeah, very good. And, yeah. and, and, That's a brilliant and, you know, way to describe Romans 7. That's yeah. just uh, the second half where he's it's talking brilliant. about it. It's, it's brilliant. And then he, who shall deliver me from this yeah. body of death? Who shall deliver yeah. me from this sin nature? Yeah. And then he realizes it's Christ. Christ yeah, has delivered yeah. me. And, and he then starts Roman 8 saying, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Yeah. In other words, Christ yeah. has saved us. Yeah. He's, he's, he's our foundation. He's yeah. our righteousness. We're not under yeah. condemnation. Now we can just yeah. walk in the Spirit because the Spirit will hold us up. The Spirit yeah. will enliven and us. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus yeah. set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law of sin and death, was powerless to do in that it was weakened in, by the sinful nature, by the yes. flesh, uh, God did by sending his son. Yes. And then it says, as we walk in the spirit, we'll fulfill the, the requirement yeah. of the law, yeah. Yeah. but not by our own effort, but by surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit in us, he will empower us to keep, you know, powerful, to keep powerful, powerful argument. And, and then he, oh, wretched man that I am. In yeah. fact, the evil leader talks about here in Philippians, he talks about himself being evil, yes. you know, yes. when he's following that line. So who he knows should, he's not just writing theoretically. from this body? Yeah. It's not theoretical. It's, no. He's actually, as it were, gone through that assault course himself. Yes, yes. through it. Yes. And, and it's, it's I, I, I hope folk who, who, who are watching, um, who maybe are not in the Christian circle, will just read some of Paul's arguments and some of his life and go into Romans, and, and he's real. He's talking about his experience, and he's giving the gospel and yes. the way out. And as you say, because you can come really under condemnation, you know, if you are trying to do it in, all in the flesh, you won't. You will eventually be sunk, in as it were, end, in the quicksand. Yeah. In the end, he uh, he comes to that conclusion, doesn't he? That uh, for I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing. Mm. I cannot please God. Yeah. In other words, he, he come to realize we have no confidence yeah. in the flesh. Yeah, I've just got this image now of Paul just going down and down into, the, into this quicksand of Romans <laughs> yeah. 7 and then suddenly bursting suddenly out, roaring out of the quicksand. He, he gets the revelation. The yeah. Christ is wonderful. Yeah. You have to it's come to the end of wonderful. yourself, you know, yeah. Yeah. your own ability to yeah. create yes. wow. righteousness. It's, I heard a, a wonderful story once, very simple, to illustrate this problem of the law holding you captive. And, and stopping you being free. And, and it's a very simple story, but you can probably all identify it. Do you imagine a, a mother taking her six-year-old son or something and back and forth to school every day? They, it, it was a day you went on foot, not, on, not in cars. And every day they pass this big greenhouse in a garden. And it's, he's there and they look in over the fence. And one day she says to him, 
I want you to promise me you'll never throw stones at that greenhouse. <laughs> well, that's too much for any little boy, isn't it? And so him and his mates go and throw stones. But it never occurred to him mm. before this law was placed. Yeah, that's how it sucks yeah. you in. I thought that was a wonderful story yeah. for illustrating exactly. the point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you conscious of sin. Um, yeah, that, that is a really good illustration. It is, isn't it? Because the sin is within this kid and it, yeah. it's irresistible <laughs> to smash, <laughs> yeah. to yeah. smash them, the, the greenhouse. That's right. People in glass houses. <laughs> um, okay, so here we are. He, and then Paul, it gets personal again about um, uh, putting confidence in the flesh, though I myself have yeah. reasons. He says, I've been there, I've done it. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah. if anyone, you know, Powerful, could have got points with God and uh, you know, yeah. established a foundation yeah. from his own flesh, he had everything going for him. I yeah. mean, he did it. He tried this to the max. Yeah. yeah. So he says, you know, and yet it was a total yeah. zero. Um, Gives real know, weight to his argument. You think you, you're you're impressed by these Judaizers? You know, I I can outrank them all. Yeah. In, yeah. in yeah. that, I've yeah. I can, you know, <laughs> you name it. Everything um, they've done, I've done know, better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <thank> you. <laughs> yeah. And so you know. I should, you know, don't follow their experience. I, I know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's quite interesting how he lays it out, obviously. We, yeah. Um, We've got about five minutes left, so we can lay some of it. So though I might have confidence in the flesh, uh, I, I, you know, that I might have confidence in the flesh. Um, sorry, if anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I am also circumcised, is mm. the first mm. thing. So he was circumcised, which means he was a child of Abraham. But then he adds the eighth day, which is telling us more, because mm -hmm. the Abraham had two children. There's Ishmael, but the Ishmaelites are circumcised on their thirteenth year, right? Like Ishmael. Oh, I didn't but know the, that. So the that's Jews, a very interesting the point. Sons of Isaac, yeah, right, are done on the eighth day. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he's saying, "I'm a child of Abraham. I'm a child of Isaac." Mm. Then he says, "I'm a child of Jacob, yeah. of the stock of Israel, yeah. which was Jacob's." New name, yeah, and then he says, obviously, of the tribe of Benjamin, which was a a very honourable tribe, mm. um, because only Benjamin of all the tribes stayed with Judah when the kingdom divided. Right. And there are other ways in which Benjamin was yeah. regarded as a, yeah. you know, a, a very honourable tribe. Mm. Hebrew of the Hebrews. If I'll just yeah, finish by yeah. saying this. Um, that is, a, that is talking in a way more culturally, because he's already established he's an Israelite. But in those days, a lot of the Jews were brought up in the Greek culture. Yep. You know, they were the Greek Jews rather yep. than the, the Hellenistic That's Jews, right. rather than the Hebrew Jews. So he's saying, my parents were Hebrews. We were mm. brought up in the, in the Hebrew culture, not corrupted by the Greek culture. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and likewise himself. So I'm in the pure strain, powerful, if you like. Powerful, powerful Pure strain yeah. of, of, of the yeah. Israelite yeah, culture. So he, yeah. he says, you name it, I've got the right pedigree. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, he really does care for them. <laughs> he, 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 he wants to reach out to those of his own, you know, it's in Romans 9. You yes. know, I wish that I were cursed and cut off for the sake of my yes. brethren, you know, the, the children of Israel. He, he really does care for them, but he's not going to compromise the gospel. Mm. He just wants, you know, he, he, would, he, he would give up his own life and salvation, he's basically saying. Mm. He's reaching out to them. So it's not just trying to win an argument. 
He's, well, he he's giving the, the credence to this message because of his they experience. can only be saved through the gospel. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. he can't compromise the gospel. Yeah, exactly. If he loves them. Yeah, no, you've really, you've really hit it there. A Hebrew of Hebrews. Um, and, and then, then it, he goes on. That's his pedigree now. And yep. then he goes on to his performance. Yeah. Okay, which is concerning the law of Pharisee. And of course, yep. of all the different Jewish sects, the Pharisees were the law keepers that's par it. excellence. Yeah. I mean, you look at them outwardly. Yeah. They, you know, they tithe to the, you know, to the, yeah. to the, to the little detail. They were outwardly very impressive mm. law keepers, yeah. you know, and um, yeah. but um, so he was faultless. That and of course concerning zeal persecuting the church, which yeah. before he was saved, that was the, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that was the the sign that he was mm. the most zealous of them all, you know, exactly, in, exactly, in that, and then and then. As for legalistic righteousness. Yeah. yeah. Blameless, which means outwardly, again, because he admits in Romans 7 he had a big problem with covetousness. Mm, mm. So inwardly he began to realize yeah. he was not perfect. But outwardly he would have been blameless. Nobody would have been able to mm. criticize him in his community because mm. he, he kept all the laws perfectly. Um, it's so good. We're not going to get much further, I don't think. But that is... Um, uh, again, Paul, Paul is not saying it, because we, we will get to the next verse, he's not, he's not saying it to puff himself up, it's just to, to give a real ballast to his argument, to the yeah. gospel, you know, to really make it clear that they, they can't say, well, you, you don't really know, because you're, you know, from another mm -hmm. culture. He absolutely was completely immersed. He knew, he knew all the he arguments, really. Yeah, that's right. Um, you're saying, I've tried to, pl I've played that game, yeah. And I found that it, it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried it and it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, well, well. It, it, and how, from the Lord's perspective, he found this Pharisee of Pharisees, Paul, this Hebrew of Hebrews. He found someone that, that absolutely would um, be, be able, know the scriptures from the, from the legalistic perspective and be able to turn him to serve, serve the Lord. Um, to, to have a vision of the Messiah, Christ, to, to then be able to, to reach out to the Greek culture, yeah. you, you know, some, a, a towering intellect, yes. but someone who is actually completely offered as a drink offering, yes. um, completely given his life to, to the gospel of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus. Um, so you can see God's wisdom in choosing Paul um, so that these arguments can be used. Oh, he we're out of time. Okay. I was trying to close off. I'll see you next week. <laughs> and so will you.